Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm so glad that you are joining me today. I'm your host, Rachel Miller, and this podcast is all about the hardships that we face in life because we live in a broken world and there's a lot of pain and difficulties that we face. And that's no surprise to us. Jesus tells us that we will face hard things in life, but to take heart because he has already overcome the world. You see, God doesn't just leave us in this broken world, but He gives us hope. He gives us Himself. He sacrificed His Son who lived the perfect life for us so that we could have life in Him. So He gives us hope even in the hardships. He is still good. And we are doing nature sessions right now, which is focusing on how we can find hope in the created world that He has made. Everything that He has made, everything that has life and breath in it, was formed by God's hands. He spoke it into existence in the beginning And we can see more about who God is by looking at how he made the world. We've talked about the ocean showing how deep and how vast and how crazy God's love is. We've talked about the sun and God's mercy and how it shines on both the righteous and the wicked. And we've talked about rain, how his word does not return to him empty, but it accomplishes what he desires and achieves the purpose for which he sends it, just like the rain comes down and produces a harvest. Today, We are talking about the vine and the branches. And just a reminder of why we're doing nature sessions, there's some different passages that talk about how God reveals his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, that they can be clearly seen and be understood from what he has made. That's in Romans 1, so that no one is without excuse. Even if you've never sat in a church and heard the gospel, you can see through what he has made that he is good, that there is a creator. This world didn't just happen by accident or by random chance, but it was formed and created by a beautiful creator who cares about us. So even if you've never sat down with someone who said, this is who Jesus is and this is what you should believe, you always have what he has made to see his goodness. In Psalm 8, it talks about how our Lord is majestic. His name is majestic in all the earth. And that the heavens and the stars and everything that he has formed with his hands is beautiful and it points us to him. And in Romans 11, it says, For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So everything that he has made is for his glory. And we can see that so clearly. So today, talking about the vine and the branches. So In scripture, we're going to be diving into John 15. That's going to be our main passage we'll be talking about today. But it's important to remember, you know, vine and branches. We see that in trees mostly here in the U.S. specifically. I'm in the Midwest, so I see a lot of of trees where, you know, there's a trunk and there's branches and there's leaves that grow on it and fruit that comes from that, whether that be like hickory nuts or apples or whatever the fruit is that grows on the tree those things are grown because they are connected to the branch. They're connected to the trunk and they have to be connected. They can't, you can't just like have a fruit pop up in the middle of the air without it being connected to a branch and to a vine and to that whole tree. So that's important to remember as we're talking about this because we can't bear fruit on our own. I know sometimes for me, I like to think that I can just do anything by myself and I can just produce things and I can say the right things and do the right things without having to rely on anybody or, you know, I just want to be super self-sufficient. We've talked about that before on the podcast too, about self-sufficiency and that truly only God is self-sufficient. But reality is we cannot do anything on our own. 
So if you're someone like me who struggles with wanting to do things on your own, by your own power and your own strength and just getting things done, this is for you. John 15, starting in verse 1, this is Jesus talking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that will be even more fruitful. So that's important right there too, is that he prunes those who bear fruit. So those are who are remaining in him and bearing fruit. He prunes. So sometimes that means that he cuts things out or takes things away that are, are not helpful for the growth process. And that can be painful. If you cut something off of a a plant, you know, that was attached. And so that's hard. So there's things in our lives that sometimes he will prune and take away. And it might be, we might not understand in the moment, like, why is he taking that away? Why is he doing this? Like, this is something that's a part of me, blah, blah, blah. But it's part of your growing process. So allow him to prune the things that are not helpful for your growth and remaining in him. Maybe the thing that he's pruning away is something that's not actually part of you or part of him, but maybe it's a a parasite or a something that's choking you instead of actually being helpful. So him pruning that away, even if it's painful in the moment, it's actually really good for you. He works all things for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So trust the process. Continuing with John 15, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Okay, so what are they talking about, bearing fruit? Well, we bear fruit, which is kind of like showing that we, one, that we're remaining in him, that the fruit only comes when we are connected to him and relying on his strength and his power and his goodness, not something that we can produce on our own. And we know that the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, through 23, it says, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you are showing those things and how you live your, and you live your life with both your words and your actions, you are bearing fruit. Whether that be loving your neighbor by helping them get groceries, whether that be showing peace by having a really hard conversation to help facilitate reconciliation, whether that's showing kindness by encouraging someone who's going through a really difficult time, whether that's faithfulness by sticking with something even when it's really hard, whether that's self-control by not, by not indulging and giving into gluttony, but being content with what God has given you. When you bear fruit, you are remaining in Him. He says, no fruit can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So he's not saying, okay, produce this fruit and then I'll let you attach to this tree and then we're good. No, he says, remain in me. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So an important thing to note is that he's not just saying you can ask for whatever you want and it will be done. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. So you are connected with him. You are being united with him. 
so that your desires match up with his desires and your will is submitted to his will so that you, the desires that you have, the things that you're wishing for are connected to him, that you're seeking his glory, you're seeking his name, his face and all things. So that's when he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So when we were remaining in him and asking things for be, to be done according to his will, because we were remaining in him, it's for his glory. And then we're bearing fruit, the fruit of the spirit, and we're showing ourselves to be his disciples. Because in John 13, 35, it says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So if we're loving others, they will know that we are remaining in him because we are choosing to love not being apathetic, not just being kind on the outside, but truly showing the love of Christ by our sacrificial action and words type of love. And then he says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. So he's telling us to love and he's not just saying like, okay, I'm giving you this command. Good luck. No, he's telling us to love because we're remaining in him. The Father has loved the Son, the Son has loved us, and we are to love one another. It is because the love overflows from one to the other. The Father is the gardener, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. The branches don't just create love on their own, it has to be connected to the vine. And the Father has to prune and garden and provide the sun and the water and the soil. So all of that is connected so that we can love. He doesn't just demand and not supply. He supplies the love so that when we are remaining in him, we can't help but love. So it says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. We keep his commands when we remain in his love because we just can't help it but overflow after all the love that God has poured out to us. And he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So he chose us. We didn't choose him. So that we could go and bear fruit that will last. So we can bear a lot of different fruit here on earth. Things that are usually considered successful or good. You know, like having good grades, getting good jobs, having the right friends, which are great things. Those are, you know, it's good to do things with excellence and wanting to have good community and everything like that. However, we are to bear fruit as followers of Jesus, those who are remaining in him. We want to show the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things are things that last. They don't pass away when the earth passes away because someday the earth will pass away. But his word will never pass away. He does not pass away. The things that are eternal are the things that are invisible. 
So we want to bear that kind of fruit that lasts. So all this in mind, knowing that he wants us to remain in him and to love each other, we need to remember to remain in him or to abide in him. Some translations say abide instead. Because do we really think we can do anything without him? He who gives us life and breath and holds all things together, he doesn't need anything from us. But we need him. We need him for every breath. All of our oxygen comes from him. We need him for every step. All of our bones and muscles were created by him. We need him for every moment of every day. He who makes the sun rise in the morning and set in the evening. He who is over all the cosmos, all the heavens, and all the earth. We need him. And we need to remember that he really doesn't need us. He wants us to be a part of his life like he tells us to abide in him. Not that he needs us, but because he wants to be connected with us. This is from Acts 17, starting in verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by hands, neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. From one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. He did this so they might seek God, and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. He has given us all things. He is over all the earth. We are to rely on him, not because he needs us, but because he wants us to be with him. That's why he sacrificed Jesus for us, so that sin would no longer separate us from him but that we could be with him forever. And this is talking about Jesus in Colossians 1, verses 16 through 17. And it's really important for us to remember again that he does not need us. He doesn't, but he does want us. He wants our hearts and he wants us to remain and abide in him so that we can bear much fruit. So Colossians 1, 16 through 17, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. So do you think he really needs us? Do you really think that we can do anything on our own without the help of the one who is over all things? I don't think so either. So, When we're remaining in Him and abiding in Him, how can we tell if we are bearing fruit? We can see if we are producing the fruit of the Spirit, what we've talked about. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we are showing those things and how we live our life, not just our words, but also our actions, we can see that we are remaining in Him. And sometimes people will show things that are that have kindness and goodness in them and things like that, but they're not remaining in God. You ever, you know what I'm talking about when someone's being really, maybe they're being kind or they're saying something that's really nice. I guess nice is the better word. They're being nice, but it's not like a sacrificial love, like loving you no matter what sort of a thing. It's more of wanting something else underneath it. Like I know for me, I can be, when I'm not spending time in God's word and I'm not remaining and abiding in him. I can still be kind and nice to people, but it's not because 
I'm sacrificially being kind and nice, it's because I want people to like me and I want that fulfillment of someone approving of me and accepting me. So I'm going to be nice and say nice things. That's not the same thing as being kind to someone when I don't even necessarily want them to like me. You know what I mean? Those people that aren't your most preferred personality, it's easy to not be nice to those people because maybe you don't necessarily want to be close with them. But when we are remaining and abiding in Him, our heart is in the right place so that we're showing our fruit not just on the outside like a fake sort of niceness or a fake sort of gentleness, but all of our fruit is truly in being an overflow of the heart. And it's not just our words, but it's also our actions. And it's not with the intention of self-gain or self-preservation or anything that would feel good necessarily, but it's more about what we can give, not what we can get in return. So that's how we can tell if we're bearing fruit is about the posture of our heart being connected to God, but also the goal of our hearts to being for God's glory, not for our own selfish gain. And then we can see the overflow of the fruit in that. So that's where there's a lot of people who don't follow Christ who are nice people, but their motivations behind it are different because it's not seeking God's glory, which should be our ultimate goal. But instead, there's some sort of underlying wanting some sort of gain from it. So we want to bear fruit, showing ourselves to be his disciples by loving one another, which doesn't come from ourselves, but from God, because anything good in us comes from our good father. So we want to hold fast to the Lord. With everything else, we want to have open hands. We want to have open hands to give away any sin, any bitterness, envy, lust. We want to give him our burdens, our thoughts, and our hearts. We want to open our hands to give away really even blessings that God has given us, like sand slipping through our fingers. It's not ours to hold on to. It's a blessing that it can pass through our fingers even for a moment, but it's not ours to hold on to. It's all his anyway. And he richly gives us Christ. So do we need anything else? We want to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us as well. So why hold on to the things that are going to pass away? Open your hands to receive whatever God has for you. Open your hands to receive the grace and the mercy and the blessings. These gifts are nothing we can earn, but we can freely receive and pass on to others and give with sacrificial love. Open hands to receive the hard times and the dark valleys and the discipline that teach us and draw closer and draw us closer to him. In Psalm 119:71, this is a verse that really stopped me in my tracks. I was reading that passage in Psalm 119, which is a very long passage. It's very beautiful and good too. And this verse was just like, wow. It says, "It was good for me to be afflicted so that I could learn your statutes." Hardships are not a, a bad thing. They're hard and they can cause negative emotions like anger and pain and sadness. But it says that it was good for me to be afflicted so that I could learn your statutes. If God is pruning you and taking you through hard times or disciplining you, it is a good thing. If your heart, is, if your heart needs to go through the fire to get refinement, it is a good thing. That doesn't mean it's not painful, but we also have hope in the hard times. In Psalm 34, 18, it says, The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. So he is with you even when things are hard. If everything in your life has fallen apart, but you still have God, you still have Jesus, 
You have everything. And he doesn't leave us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So we have no need to worry. Hold fast onto God and nothing else. We bear fruit by remaining in him. We love because he first loved us. So open your hands to give and receive and grasp onto him tightly. Remain in him. Without him, you can do nothing. So friends, thank you for joining me today for the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I hope you stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you haven't listened to some of our previous episodes, like in the nature sessions, definitely check those out. You can find us on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. Join our Facebook group. Please share, rate, write reviews. Let your friends know if you like what you're listening to so we can keep sharing God's truth and talking about how he is good even when life is hard. May the Lord bless you and keep you.